I'm Kareem Sajipur of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, and I'm joined today by Zio Wang of Princeton University. Hey, Zio, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Karim. Uh, nice to see you here. Likewise. So, Zio, you published an essay earlier this month in Foreign Affairs entitled Lessons from Three Years in an Iranian Prison, which was really one of the most incisive essays I've read on Iran this year. And you talk about the evolution of your views about the nature of the Iranian regime. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about what you thought about Iran before your experience in prison and how that changed. Well, I thought Iran was just like a, um, one of these um, more or less normal authoritarian regimes. Um, and, you know, the United States can have a good relation with uh, many of authoritarian many authoritarian countries, why can we not have a good relation with Iran? It, it, it must be something that we have done wrong. Yes. And at, at what point uh, did you realize after you were imprisoned, uh, you know, you were, you were just or, were scanning some historic documents, that was the pretext they used to imprison you. At what point did you realize this isn't just a misunderstanding, but you're actually being held hostage? Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, about a month into my arrest, the interrogators started uh, press me, uh, started to press me uh, to confess uh, into being an American spy. And then he made it very clear that uh, uh, he wants a political case uh, so that uh, he can negotiate, the, uh, the Iranian government can negotiate with the United States for a political deal. And then at that point, it was amply clear to me this was nothing about what I have done or had not done. This is really a political. Uh, I have become a political mm -hmm. pawn. You know, Zio, a lot of my friends who have been in Evian prison talk about the types of torture they've been subject to, both physical and psychological. And I'm curious and trying to extract a confession from you that you were uh, a spy. Did they employ those types of uh, techniques? Uh, yes. So when they were trying to uh, force me uh, into confession, they hit me a few times. Um, but other than that, uh, as far as uh, my experience uh, goes, uh, they uh, put me under pressure through so-called white torture, that is uh, through uh, psychological uh, 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 torture, uh, solitary mm -hmm. confinement and threat and all that. Well, I'm sorry about that. I'm glad you're doing okay now. So Zio, one of the most insightful sentences in your essay is when you say that, I'm going to quote you here, you say, Iran has no interest in reconciling or normalizing relations with the U.S. because doing so would invalidate the revolutionary regime's raison d'etre. I'm curious, what were the experiences or the conversations you had while in prison that persuaded you that Tehran has no interest in normalizing relations with the U.S.? Um, well, uh, when I was being interrogated, it was uh, during the U.S. Uh, election in 2016. So in addition to what I have written in the essay, so I just want to add another point. So the interrogator asked me who, uh, whom I thought would win the election. So I thought uh, perhaps Hillary Clinton. And then the interrogator told me uh, he and uh, uh, his colleagues in the intelligence um, uh, hope that the uh, uh, Donald Trump would win the election because uh, if Donald Trump wins, um, 
it will justify it can justify a stronger Iranian opposition against the United States. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. in retrospect, I really don't think they understood uh, the magnitude of the pressure Trump administration was going to bring to them. You know, it's an important point which is commonly misunderstood. That in fact, almost all of the uh, dual nationals especially the Iranian-Americans that have been imprisoned in Iran over the years. None of them, or I should say few of them, have been critics of the Iranian government. They've all been individuals who have advocated for better relations between the United States and Iran, including my friend Siamak Namazi, who spent almost five years in prison. So your point is a very important one. So Zia, I want to move from kind of heavy to, to somewhat lighter very quickly, which is you were released in December 2019, less than a year ago, and obviously you were um, seeing your wife and son after that time must have just been an incredible feeling. But I'm also curious, you know, what were you craving after being in prison in Tehran over three years? What were the things that you were craving uh, to eat? Yeah, I, I, I just wanted uh, a good uh, plate of a barbecue pork, that the kind that you often get in a Chinese restaurant, and mm. uh, uh, a good glass of wine. I bet. Well, I'm glad you got that. So my last question in the last 30 seconds we have here is, mindful of what you've just said about the challenge of the U.S. normalizing relations with the an Iranian regime, which needs the United States as an adversary, what are the policy implications for either you know, a second-term Trump administration or a Biden administration? Well, I, uh, setting, uh, setting out from the understanding that they need us as an adversary, um, I think uh, we need a uh, policy that contains Iranian menacing behavior and, until there are signs to indicate um, uh, that they are willing uh, to change their behavior. Then we can talk about engagement. I think that's a great point, Zhu, and I could go on for many hours, but we're unfortunately out of time. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you very much.